1: Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a blessed day. This is uh, Al-Fadi, and uh, you're listening to Let Us Reason. Thank you, as always, for joining us. You can always listen to not just this one, but all of our previous episodes, the entire past three seasons uh, at our archive that you can find in a variety of ways. One of those ways is to go to our, uh, uh, basically, uh, website, which is uh, sirainternational.com. And there is an archive section for Let Us Reason. You can always also go to YouTube and at our channel, Sira International. We now have Let Us Reason in there as well. You can even search for Let Us Reason, Al Fadi, if you want, and you are going to find us in there. And at the same time, you can always, of course, go to our Facebook, and uh, from there, uh, you can uh, just. Scroll down and just uh, listen to our weekly uploads of these uh, different episodes. And finally, always through this fabulous station, KPXQ1360, whether from their website or their Facebook, you can always go and search for Al Fadi or Lettuce Reason. Either way, you can always listen to all of our episodes, not to mention that their uh, basically um, archive is based on... SoundCloud.com, and that's the platform that is used. With all that said, um, I would like to welcome those of you who are just joining us. Uh, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Alfadi. And today's topic, um, even though it's going to be brief probably, but I would like just to use it as a stepping stone into a more expanded topic later. But I will be ta- uh, also discussing the same issue in my Facebook this week. And here's the topic. Muslims are convinced... Now, when Moses in Deuteronomy 18:18 18, 18 was saying, "And I will raise for them the Lord, basically your God, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you," that's when Moses was speaking in Deuteronomy 18:15. Moses was speaking first to the Israelites and saying, "The Lord your God, Yahweh, basically." Will raise up for you, Israelites, a prophet like me, similar to me, from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. So Moses is talking about something that will happen at a later time, a future event, a prophet that will be like Moses, that will be raised from among the Israelites. The problem is, Muslims insist that this prophet is no other than Muhammad himself, which is really baffling. Last I checked, Muhammad is an Arab. He's not a Jew. But here's why they think this. They tell you when he said, from among your brothers, the brothers are actually Isaac and Ishmael. Nowhere in this text or anywhere that the phrase brethrens or brothers ever applied to Ishmael and Isaac. It always applied to the 12 tribes, the brothers, the sons of Jacob. In fact, Just right there in that particular chapter, Deuteronomy 18, if you read from verse 1, you will immediately notice that God and his prophet Moses are talking to the Levites. That's the group that God is telling them through the mouth of Moses. And in verse 18, God himself also repeats what Moses says, and I will raise up from among them a prophet like Moses. God and Moses basically are talking to the Levites, which is one of the sons of Jacob, one of the 12 tribes. So right there, we have a problem. But if you think this is the end of the problem, that's just the beginning. Because my Muslim friends are so persistent in reinterpreting the Bible from an Islamic lens that they will even take you all the way to John chapter 1, verse 20. Yes, you heard me correct. John chapter 1, starting from verse 20, and then in verse 21, they will say, Aha, look, these are the Pharisees that came to John the Baptist and they asked him, said, John, tell us, are you Elijah? This basically is referring to Malachi's prophecy in Malachi 4 5. They're saying, Are you Elijah? You look like Elijah, at least the way he's described in scripture. You're dressed up weird, you're living in a wilderness. We're thinking you're Elijah because Malachi prophesized that the Elijah will come back again to pave the way for the coming of the Lord, the Messiah, the ones that Israel is waiting for. They're asking him, "Are you Elijah?" And then they proceeded to also ask him a second question. They said, uh, "What about the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? Not only the, uh, the Elijah, are you the Christ?" They also ask him, "Are you the prophet?" So all of these are references to prophecies in the past. Are you Elijah of Malachi's prophecy in Malachi 4-5? Are you the prophet whom Moses prophesies about in Deuteronomy 18, 15-19? Are you the Christ? And he answered faithfully. He says, no, I'm none of these, basically. But the Muslims will say, notice, they ask John the Baptist, and they're asking him and saying, John, are you... The prophet. Are you the Christ? So they're technically, in their question, they were asking about three different people. Elijah, that's one person. The Christ, that's another person. The prophet, that's a third person. What does that mean? Here's what it means. In their mind, actually, they're thinking that just because they, the Pharisees, We're asking John the Baptist about three different titles or names or combination in this case. A name which is Elijah and two other titles, the Christ and the Prophet. That means there are three different individuals involved here. Well, why can't Jesus be the Prophet and the Christ at the same time? What's wrong with that? In fact, even the Quran calls him the Prophet. The Quran calls him the Word of Allah. The Quran called him the spirit of Allah. The Quran called him a messenger. The Quran also calls him Isa or Jesus, the son of Mary. All at the same time for the same person. In fact, in one of these passages, he was called three of these titles all together in chapter 4 of the Quran, verse 171. That uh, basically Christ... Or Jesus Christ, the son of Mary, is basically, and then it's proceeded to say that he is the word of God or the word of Allah, and he is the spirit of God or spirit of Allah. Why can't Jesus be both the prophet and also the Messiah or the Christ in this case, which is one and the same, basically, the anointed one that shows in one of God. So our Muslim uh, friends, out of desperation, of course, try to always convince themselves that Muhammad somehow was prophesied in the Old Testament by no other than Moses himself, of course. And then they give you all these kind of comparisons, by the way. And they will say, here is why Muhammad is similar to uh, Moses. And, And believe it or not, one of these comparisons is like, Moses married more than one wife, Muhammad married more than one wife. Wow, what what a good, uh, basically, items to have in your resume. Uh, Moses was kicked out by his own people. Muhammad, supposedly, according to the Islamic traditions, was kicked out by his own people. Okay, Moses brought Allah. Muhammad brought Allah. And uh, the list goes on and on and on. And it's all attempts out of desperation. It is non-founded biblically or even outside of the Bible historically. So in my Facebook post, I am going to address these topics and probably it will end up being multi-part because there's a lot of information here to try to unpack. But technically speaking, since my Muslim people use John, it basically it behoves me to use John to refute this argument. For instance, I can say that um, if you go, for instance, to John 1 verse 45, Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him. Of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Do you know that this is the only place in Deuteronomy 18 that Moses ever referred to himself as a prophet? And also the only place Moses ever referred about a future prophet that will come after him? Okay. Then. When Jesus had the conversation with the Samaritan woman in John 4, here's what happened, for instance. When he told her to go and uh, bring her husband and then uh, reveal to her that she's living with uh, with a man that is not her husband and uh, that she had other husbands before. And she said, sir, that's in John 4, 19. I perceive that you are a prophet. Hmm. Jesus never rebuked her for saying that. As a matter of fact, he continued on with the conversation. And then, in verse 4, in, in verse 44, actually, in John 4, 44, and before that, actually, after, after uh, she told them that you're a prophet, then she proceeded to say later that they are expecting the Messiah, and Jesus says, I am he, the one who's talking to you right now. So, Jesus was both a prophet and the Messiah by the mouth of this Samaritan woman and her testimony. Jesus never rebuked her for saying either one of these two things. Okay, and then when she went to her town and told the people and they all came to see what's going on. And then Jesus, of course, they asked him to spend time with him. And then it says that he left for Galilee. And in John 4, verse 44, this is what Jesus says. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. Speaking about himself, meaning that he's not accepted in his own hometown to do miracles or to even for the people of his own hometown to believe him. Jesus referred to himself to be the prophet. It gets even better, since we're using John, by the way. And here's a reminder, by the way, if you're joining us right now, this is Let Us Reason. I am your host, Al-Fadi, and we're talking about the Muslim desperate use of John to try to prove that in John 1, verses 19 to 21, that the prophet that was mentioned in the question to John the Baptist, this prophet is no other than the prophet prophesized by Moses, who happened in their mind to be Muhammad, not Jesus. So we're using the Gospel of John to show that the title prophet and Christ both are applied to Jesus, sometimes both titles together in the same conversation, the same context, sometimes separately. Let's go to John 6, for instance. John 6, verse 14. Jesus basically was saying certain things in there and then, and he did certain uh, activities, and then it says, "When the people saw the sign that he had done, and here there is the feeding. Uh, I believe the story about the feeding of uh, the uh, the crowd, basically. And uh, we can go there real quickly just to confirm it right now. And yes, it's the feeding of the five thousand. In there, the people basically marvelled about this sign in John six forty-five. This look what he said uh, in John six fourteen. This said this." When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Wow. Speaking about whom? Jesus, the prophet. Okay. In the same chapter, John 6, verse 45. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Jesus basically is inviting people now, after they said this about him as the prophet, he's talking about his father now. Okay? The father, the heavenly father, He's saying that God himself basically will teach them. Through who? Through Jesus. Because Jesus is God incarnate. Now, in John 7, when the Lord basically went to that uh, festival of water, the annual one, and He basically told people to come to him if they are thirsty. And it says in verse 40, in John 7 verse 40, when they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. In fact, let me read that in context. If we go to basically starting from verse uh, 37, it says, on the last day of the feast... The great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures, notice, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When was he glorified? When he was crucified, died, buried, and resurrected uh, uh, on the third day. Now, in verse 40, in context, it says this, When they heard these words, some of the people said, This really is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. That's strange. They applied both to the same person, and that's Jesus our Lord. So this at- desperate attempt to try to take things out of context and come up with our own interpretation, that is a big no-no. That's what we call eisegesis, not exegesis. That's when you try basically to put into the Scripture things that are not there. And instead of taking out of the Scripture the things that are actually shared with us. So this is basically the essence of what I'm going to be talking about in my Facebook. But let me take you uh, once again to... Uh, some of the comparisons between Moses and Jesus. Why only Jesus can fit that category? Not to mention, Moses himself prophesies about him. Now, one of the reasons, for instance, is... Before the coming of Moses, there was 400 years basically between the time God prophesied through the mouth of Abraham or to Abraham, I should say. And for instance, Genesis 15, that his descendants will spend time for 400 years until the iniquities of the Amorites have been fulfilled. Okay, multiple generations at least. Until then, they are going to be enslaved in a foreign land. 400 years later, Moses came as the deliverer. Before the coming of our Lord, and specifically before the coming of John the Baptist, to pave the way for the coming of the Lord, there were 400 years known as the silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The last book of prophecy was Malachi, and then the first book that brings back, basically to us, the coming of John the Baptist. Many believe it would have been Mark, but nevertheless... Mark came, uh, basically John the Baptist came after 400 years of silence to pave the way for the coming of our Lord. Another reason. Both our Lord and Moses were sent from God. In John eight forty two, Jesus said that clearly to the Pharisees that he came from God. In Exodus 3, verses 1 to 10, Moses clearly was sent by God to go to Pharaoh, to go to his people and to tell them, about the I Am who sent him. Both Moses and Jesus were Jews. And that's really the baffling thing to me. When the Pharisees in John 1, 19 to 21, went to John, they knew John is a Jew. They were asking if John was the prophet. So they were expecting a Jewish prophet. Can Muslims affirm that Muhammad is a Jew? If they can affirm that to me, I'm willing to have a dialogue with them about that. Until then, let us not kid ourselves. No Muslim in the right mind is going to say Muhammad is a Jew. So why would they go, the Jewish people, the Jewish authorities, go to John the Baptist and ask him for an Arab prophet? How did they even know that there is an Arab prophet coming anyway? They were asking for a Jewish prophet. In fact, all of the prophet of the Old Testament and apostle came from a Jewish lineage, even the Quran acknowledged that prophethood was given to the Israelite and through their lineage, from Abraham, basically, and the sons of Israel. So I'm, I'm a little bit confused. If the Quran even confirms this, why would the Jewish authorities go to John the Baptist expecting a prophet that is not a Jew, to begin with? Another reason, both Moses and Jesus were faithful, basically to the calling of God. But not only that, both of their parents are faithful Jewish parents. The parents basically of Moses to try to rescue him from the uh, etiquette or uh, the decree that Pharaoh issued to kill all the uh, Jewish babies. Uh, They were faithful. They trusted God and they did everything they can to protect him. The same thing happened with Jesus. Uh, Herod the Great issued the same decree to kill babies, newborn babies from the Jewish, basically, people, because he was afraid about his kingdom. And his parents were faithful, and they fled to Egypt. Just like Moses delivered the people out of Egypt, Jesus also came out of Egypt to deliver his people, okay? Both Moses and Jesus were born under foreign authorities, foreign umpires. Moses was born under the Egyptian The Pharaoh Empire, basically, the ancient Egyptian Empire. Jesus was born under the Roman Empire. Muhammad was born in the desert, in Arabia, to his own tribe. There were no empire whatsoever was there. And he was ruled, basically, by his own Arab tribes anyway in his own town. So there is no, not even close for that. Both were threatened. Both of them were threatened by wicked kings. Remember, Pharaoh wanted to kill all the babies, the new babies that are born to Jewish people uh, and uh, uh, Hebrew people, basically. And the same thing, Herod the Great wanted to kill all the newborn babies of Jewish, uh, basically, descent. Same story. Muhammad, to our knowledge, according to Islamic own tradition, was never faced with such an issue or such a threat whatsoever. Both Moses And Jesus spent their early years, as I mentioned earlier, in Egypt, miraculously protected by those who sought their lives, or from those who went after them, I should say. They were protected in Egypt from that. Both rejected the possibility to become kings or rulers. I mean, Moses was raised at the house of Pharaoh for 40 years. He was in the line to at least to become something like Joseph. Second in command, at least, or at least a high authority. But he rejected all of that, as we read in Hebrew eleven twenty four. And Jesus, the same thing. When he was asked if he is basically he has a kingdom, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And he rejected the idea to be appointed as king. In fact, even when you go to John, for instance, in John 6, when he perceived basically that the people want to appoint him as a king, he fled from them because he doesn't want to become a king. That's not what he came for to begin with. Both, Moses and Jesus were sent from a mountain, the mountain of God. Moses literally from Mount Sinai, Jesus from his spiritual mountain as we read in Hebrew 12, 22. Both were initially rejected by the Jewish people. Both of them, okay? Both were accepted by Gentiles. Both of them. Moses was accepted by the Midianites, who are Gentiles and not Jews. And Jesus, of course, by the whole world outside of the Jewish people who are Gentiles. Both were criticized by their own immediate families. You know, remember when Aaron and Miriam basically criticized Moses, and at the same time, uh, the family of uh, our Lord Jesus Christ criticized him and called him even a madman. Okay? And both uh, basically knew God face to face. Jesus. John 1, speaking of John, it's kind of funny really. In John 1, 18, right before 19, it says he is the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. That his job came to exegete, to declare the Father to us. In John, in John 14, verse 9, the Lord told Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Kind of funny, you know, because my Muslim people think like John wrote his basically... A gospel in chapters and verses. No, he wrote a book. He wrote the gospel. You read it cover to cover, basically, and in context. You do not read it just by picking and choosing or cherry picking in this case. Well, you see why this topic is deep. And certainly, Lord willing, we are going to discuss this even in future radio shows. But at the same time, be on the watch to uh, read this per- multi-part post on my Facebook. Once again, this is how you go to my Facebook. You can go to our ministry Facebook, which is CIRA International. Remember, the C is as in Charlie. C as in Charlie. Sierra. C-I-R-A International. Or my own personal one, which is alfadi.cira. alfadi.cira. But granted, you put alfadi, most likely will take you there right away. And then you can go also and listen to this show and previous ones on whether, like I said, soundcloud.com, Let Us Reason. Or you can go to our uh, YouTube channel, listen to Let Us Reason. Or you can go to our website, sirainternational.com, and in there you are going to find the archive. Thank you so much again. If you've just tuned in, this was Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're talking about, is Muhammad or Jesus the prophet like unto Moses, according to Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen to eighteen, and Lord willing, we will expand on this in future shows. Until we meet again, have a blessed day.